1: It's
2: time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live.
3: Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it, because you did dead. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14
4: is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe
2: it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go
4: going
0: there
5: like a bunch of crazy dogs, That's
0: Alright, how you doing everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and once again, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented to you by Pepsi Zero Sugar. New and improved Zero never tasted so good. As always with me, my buddy, my colleague, and just a little bit pumped up today is Paul DeTino, Paulie Dots, at the controls, Pearson Butler, and of course you, the fans out there, the Big Blue fans who are all revved up for another that's right another playoff game this week coming up in philly how are you my friend
6: i'm doing great ross you know we were just talking before the show in the span of seven weeks the giants will now be playing the eagles for the third time there's no secrets here everybody knows exactly what the eagles are made of we know what the giants are made of i'm expecting a real steel cage tug-of-war match on Saturday night at The Link, where the Giants have not won a game since 2013. And if you haven't kept track, that's since the days when Tom Coughlin was the head coach. That's
0: right. Uh, l- listen, uh, we're facing, uh, I'm not taking anything away from uh, the Minnesota Vikings, but we're facing uh, a much tougher in particular defense, it's a very tall order to beat the Eagles. It's a very tall order to go in there and beat the Eagles. The Eagles are seven-and-a-half-point favorites, uh, and I think they should be. And I'll say this right up front. I told Paul yesterday I picked the Giants on my podcast to win the game by the score of 30-27 to because I can't possibly pick against the Giants. I mean, we've been through so much together (laughs) on on, on the downside – This is too much fun, and we're working. I mean, we're here, Big Blue Kickoff. I have my own podcast, but I I, I think it's going to be a very tough game. I think it's going to be a very physical. I think it's going to be, you know, junkyard dogs uh, Mm -hmm. in the alley. I think for the Giants to win, they have to – First of all, you know, everybody talks about – you can't say enough good things about Daniel Jones, but – the key to me in this coming week was also the key to last week. What's that mean? Zero turnovers. Zero turnovers. And you know what? If that's that old cliche like in baseball. all oh, those bases on balls. In football, it's mm-hmm. all those turnovers. And if you can stay away from those turnovers and you can protect the ball, it's a big difference. And all you had to do was watch other games this past week, whether it was the Buffalo Bills game, all those games. You, you, you know, turnovers, they're a great equalizer. And, you know, let the Giants take care of business. Uh, I expect them. I Listen, they're going into this game hitting their stride, playing their best football of the season. Mm. So let it continue.
6: Yeah, Ross, uh, obviously the turnover factor is going to be huge. Anytime you're an underdog in a game, you have to start with playing clean football. And it's, it's about zero turnovers. It's about minimizing the penalties. It's about minimizing or totally eliminating the drop passes. Those are the things that you start with if you're an underdog. you got to make sure those things are cleaned up. Once you get that foundation set, and, <laughs> excuse me, then you say, well, what else? <clears throat> what else do we have to do? Well, it's clear to me, that the Giants must control the clock. They must do it with the run game, specifically to the edges, which means Barkley's going to have to get out there and get some blocking from his tight ends, from his, his pulling offensive linemen, and from his wide receivers. We saw the block that Galladay gave to Barkley in Minnesota. How about that? He obliterated yeah. Shelley, the defensive back. He really Twice played. on the same play. Yeah, twice. Okay? That's the kind of stuff that has to happen. The Giants need to control the tempo and the context of this game by running the ball well, turning some big plays out of a potentially short game because of outstanding blocking downfield on the second level. They're going to need Daniel Jones, and I, you know I don't like to do this, Russ. I'm going to have to say it. Daniel Jones is going to have to run. He's going to have to run more than I want him to. He's probably going to have to run for over 70 yards like he did in Minnesota for the Giants to win this game. Barkley and Jones are going to have to combine, in all honesty, the way I see it, for about 150 yards rushing I, between I, the two of them. I'd say that's that's a, that's okay? a good number. And, and you're also going to have to use a, a healthy dose of short passes as well that act as the extension of the running game so that you can continue to methodically control the clock and establish this game to be at your tempo. Because here's the thing, Russ. What you want, if you're the football giants, you want this game to be as close to 20 points for the winner as possible. For the Giants to win, this game can't be in the high 20s to the 30s. I know you said the other I said, moment you I want to pick thir-
0: 30. I said
6: 30-27. I don't think you can I don't think you can you can do that if you're the Giants. I think you need to if you're going to win this game, you need 24-23, 24-20, 24-21. I think it's got to be as close to the low 20s as you can make it. Uh because you want to limit the possessions and I, slow the game
0: down and drag it out. I, I, and I base my number on, on the fact that you have, part of what you're saying is true, you have not one but two running quarterbacks in this game for each team. Two guys who can do damage. So while um, you know you want Daniel to do his damage and you have Jalen Hurts on the other side, that's why I, I think that score could get up there, but I still think it's going to be a dogfight. 201 939 is the number. Before we open up the phone lines, um, let's take care of a little business. Make sure, folks, you go uh, subscribe to the Giants Huddle Podcast. That's right, the Giants Huddle Podcast, because the podcast features a rapid reaction right after each and every game with one of our analysts. A, an episode midweek featuring an interview I think he's going off. <laughs> an interview with um, Bob Papa and head coach uh, Brian Dable and an opponent preview of that week's opponent. Search for Giants Huddle on your favorite podcast platform or listen on the Giants app or at Giants.com slash podcast. Again, 201-939-4513 is the number. I just want to say one thing because you know Paul brought up the great block by Kenny Galladay. Everybody talks about uh, Brian Dable, uh, you know uh, how I don't know if the word is resurrected or fixed, whatever you know what he's meant to um, Daniel Jones. But watching Kenny Galladay make those blocks is what told me what I needed to do to know about the culture of the Giants. Thanks to Brian Dable, there's a guy who's you know, for all intents and purposes, been miserable. You know, he he has underachieved. He's been a mystery to you, been a mystery to me. But there he was, just like there he was in the season finale. There he was just getting some spot time, making the most of it. That doesn't happen by accident. Now, you you have to have the character and insides as a human being. I'm not even saying as a player, as uh, as a human being, which Kenny has, but that also has to come from the head coach. Just like in that season finale when he made that great catch and then you looked over to the bench and Mm -hmm. there was uh, Brian Dable sitting next to him with his arm around him. It's all part of the process.
6: We've talked about it all year. And then what happened in Philadelphia? He got to play a few plays, stole a touchdown pass on a 50-50 ball Mm -hmm. away from his former Detroit teammate Darius Slay in the end zone on a great throw by Davis Webb. Think about this now. You mentioned it the other day. You said, well, now Minnesota has to keep their eye on him. 100%. Well, guess what? Everybody does. They uh, Well, they may have, but they also got trucked in the process. <laughs> so so let's see now. Kenny Galladay had an impact on that game last week in a different way. Let's see how many snaps he gets this week. And let's see if maybe he winds up either making a big catch or maybe just makes a big block that springs Saquon on a 35-yard run. Oh, did you hear what you just said? Kenny Galladay
0: had a, an impact in the game maybe in a different way. And that's you know, that's what coaches and managers, people always tell you. If this ain't working for you, you can do something else to make it work right? for you. you Find can, a way to help us. That's exactly what it is. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's... Is that is that somebody in Barcelona, Pearson? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll go to we'll go to Stephen wow. we'll first in Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you, Stephen? Hello. Good, good. Can you hear me? Well, I can hear you. Can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just you know I'm watching on the thing and it's delayed. That's why I was confused. Yeah, you know I, I was looking at <clears throat> at Daniel Jones. I was looking at some pictures, and I noticed his his. Legs are um, monsters, and then I looked back when he was in the the combine. He's just—I mean—his legs are great, and he, he he he's so strong now. I mean, the, the only guys I could think of who's stronger are Culpepper and and uh, Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, running over people like Jimmy Brown.
0: I mean, it's like, well, I, you know, I don't know. I was looking at his. Let's hold on yeah. a second, Steve, 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 yeah. Steven. I, I, I love you, buddy, and especially being a Giants fan calling, but, uh, y- y- you know. Jim and I, Brown, I, I love, huh? Jim Brown.
5: <laughs> you, you know, when, when, when we
0: talk about goats, that's the goat. Yeah. So let's just be careful with Jim yeah. Brown. Continue. Yeah.
1: No, I know, I mean, but I mean, you know, that's that's, you know, I'm just like he he's just really running over people and uh, you know, it's it's I I don't know what his upper body looks like. Oh, I haven't uh, seen him with that with his shirt off lately. I you know, I, here's I was what I'm going to tell you. in the combine and he was he, yeah.
6: All right, here's what I'm going to tell you. and and, and the connection's kind of filtering yeah, or, or flicker a little even. bit. But here's what I want to tell you. You remember, I think you were still you were here at the time when Phil Sims was early in his career and he was more of a runner. He scrambled a lot because there was really not much of an offensive line. And so Phil had to be mobile. He had to run a lot. Then in those first few years, he got hurt so much, he cut down significantly on his scrambling, and he became strictly a pocket passer. My point is, as Parcells used to say all the time, Phil Sims ain't no quarterback. He's a football player because he was tougher than nails, and he would relish lowering a shoulder into a linebacker. Now, that's not the most intelligent thing to do. No. But Phil Phil as a young quarterback in this league was very very physical and sturdy and was willing to take guys on. I see Jones doing that right now. When he runs, he reminds me of a younger Phil Simms.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll disagree with you on that. I mean, to me, if you're going to make a comparison.
6: Well, he's high like Haas in terms of his athleticism. Well, yeah, yeah,
0: like to me, But his he, toughness is more like Phil. Well, yeah, I mean, but, you know, a lot of guys are tough. L- listen, Eli Manning was no physical specimen. But you know what? There was nobody tougher than Eli Manning. Yeah, but it was a different
6: he, style of toughness. But,
0: but tough is tough. That's okay. Tough is tough. I, oh. I will say this about Daniel Jones. I mean, don't be surprised about how strong he is. Daniel Jones is ripped. He's a very strong guy, and his work works. I'm not going to insult anybody else. No. Let's put it this way: nobody on a team works harder than him. Off uh, the field.
6: Or on the field. See, Th- that's why I bring up Sims, though. Because Phil Phil was built like a tight end. Phil was incredibly strong. He was a weight room junkie. Hey, I, had to be because he had gotten hurt so much. You know, back in the day, I'll, I'll just digress for one second
0: when, when you mentioned that. Back in the day, there used to be, if you remember, the Seniors Golf Tour used to have their NFL... Uh, yes, uh, uh, at uh, Montclair. On the tour at Upper Montclair. Okay. Uh, at Upper Montclair. And... They asked me each and every year to um, host a quarterback challenge. And I remember all the quarterbacks walking towards me, you know, we're getting ready to do it, and you had Elway, you had Sims, you had this guy, uh, Kelly. Mm -hmm. And and I'm looking at guys, and it looked like they all looked like, forget tight ends, linebackers. One Mm -hmm. was bigger than the other. And I'm saying, man, I can't. You don't realize it till how big and strong they are. So, yeah, Daniel just happens to be one of them. 201-939-4513 is the number. Now let's get back to some local calls, and let's go to uh, Rich in Long Island. Hello, Rich. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey, Russ. Paul.
2: Hi. Uh, not Not to say that I'm superstitious, but I'm superstitious. I called you guys last week. And I told you, you know, the secondary with Xavier and Andre would be the keys. They were. Their tight end did beat us. But what you guys talked about in your opening about playing mistake football, you know, we got to run with power, control the clock. As always, the interior line is the key. Uh, You know, I'm looking for a victory. And really, that's really. I just wanted to say that. I wanted to give a thanks to Dave Gettleman and Paul. I got a question for you. Yeah, you could share any interesting sideline uh, story with adventures at the link that you've had with the fans there. Oh. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Okay, blue.
0: okay, Rich. Yeah, share some of your pleasant times on the sidelines at the link. I, then talk about it in the parking lot and every place else. Yeah,
6: I don't think uh, I don't think this is the place to talk about those things. Those those folks are uh, very raucous. I think that's probably a good term, right, Russ? Raucous, good term?
0: uh, Understatement. Okay.
6: Understatement. I I will tell you this. uh, Be very careful when you go down to the link. If you're a Giants fan this week and you got a Saturday night game, be very careful in the parking lot, please. And I'm not being funny. Just be careful in the parking lot. Those fans are notorious for being very boisterous, and they sometimes get a little out of bounds. And I could tell you a lot of stories, but I'm not going to go there right now. All
0: right, 201-939-4513 is the number. Little business, folks, follow a Giants on Twitter and retweet to win a $100 team store gift card and Modelo prize pack. For every point, the Giants score one lucky fan will win. That's right, 31 fans. 31 fans won last week. Drink responsibly. Modelo, a special beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois, got to be 21 plus. All right. Uh, 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go back to the phone lines and let's check in with Hugo here in New Jersey. Hello, Hugo. Uh, good afternoon, guys. Hi. Um,
2: hey, you, you know, you a lot has been said about the Kenny Galladay block, but you know, all all the Giant receivers block. You're That's right. Good point. Daniel, yeah. When Daniel Jones gets on the edge and has those successful runs, you know, you gotta give a lot of credit to uh to the receivers. And and they do a heck of a job on those pin pull concepts when they pull the center and tackle and and yeah. those receivers come down on defensive
6: ends. The Giants receivers are more get in the way blockers than they are physical blockers. Sterling Shepherd would get in there and get nasty with a guy which was always something he took a lot of pride in because he's a a much shorter guy and many times was taking on a bigger defender. He was a true blocking wide receiver. Most of the Giants receivers are get-in-the-way blockers. There's a heck of a difference. Galladay was not a get-in-the-way blocker the other day. He ran over the guy.
3: Hodgins had a good one on that Saquon touchdown, too, right on the edge on a deep, yeah, yeah. defensive he, end. He, yes, he, did. Yes, he did. He did. He did.
0: I, you know what, Hugo, you, you bring up a fair point, though. I'll ask you this, Paul. With Daniel Jones doing – with his running being part of the package right. or packages, if you will, I just wonder if that helps the giant receivers concentrate that much more on the, their ability – to block because it's their quarterback. It's not like they don't care to block for somebody else. But, hey, we, we listen, this is a big deal. And Hugo made a very fair point. I mean, they, were, they help a lot on those uh, runs.
6: Well, they need to. Dable said earlier this week that you've got to be able to block more on the edges. He's going to need more blocking from his receivers and his tight ends and any of the linemen who get out there. He knows that. The Giants must must have an outstanding game blocking on the edges if they're going to win this one this week. That's a very, very important key because running up the middle against those two defensive tackles uh, and, and actually the rotation that they have at defensive tackle is not easy to do, okay? It's just not. You've got to be able to run off the edges and considering that their corners are so good at coverage, okay, you can take advantage by running them off the line and then trying to get some yardage out to the sidelines.
0: 201-939-4513 is the number. Thank you for the call, Hugo. Let's now go down to Florida and check in with Ralph. How are we doing, Ralphie? You're on with Russ and Paul.
4: Hey, Russ. Hey, Paulie. Um, just great. I stole my fire. I'm not a, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. I called you guys last week, mm-hmm. and i um, I told you, Russ, that 11 0 in one score games eventually the law of averages and the Giants got them. But um, two things I want to make a point on. One thing that I thought Wink did a great job of an adjustment from the first game was how they handled the screens. Darnay Holmes was yeah. amazing on the screens. Yep. He made three huge tackles on them screens. I think they were uh, tackles for loss, if I'm not mistaken. He was amazing. He was slipping through the tackles and just diving and getting through and making big hits on the running back and the receivers. And I think that was huge because it didn't let Minnesota get going on those screens and get big plays. And if I'm not mistaken, they really didn't have a lot of big plays in the game, right? There was a no. lot of dick and dunk. And, they they, and they had right?
6: three pass plays of of more than uh, twenty yards, and only one of them was actually a long throw to Thielen down the sideline. Right, the other right. two were catch and run.
4: Right, right, and the one that, that Xavier like jumped the route trying to get Justin Jefferson, and Hawkinson got behind him on that wheel route. That was one of them, I guess. Right. They
6: were, they, well, there was there was clearly a a offensive pass interference on the one long bomb that they threw down the center of the field. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah, and yeah. as Wink said, you guys can talk about that. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so
4: for this game, I'm just saying this game, ball control, of course. But you know what? The Giants got to play their game. And I understand that different styles, makes fights like you always say, Paul. Yeah. But they have to play confident, like you said. They got to walk in there confident. Yes. They got to play their game. They got to play their game. Don't try to change it up now. The offense has been flowing for the last month. And, and it's like people saying, when they like when they figured out the Saquon running game, and Dable said, you know what? Here, Daniel take over the game. Daniel Daniel has delivered. So you know what? Let's put the game in Daniel's hand. Of course, Saquon's going to be using this game. He has to be for us to be successful. But I just feel like we just had to play our game. Don't change anything.
0: Well, th- Ralph, you know what? Great point. Thanks for the call, and and kudos to you because. Wing Martindale just told us that they said, well, what's the difference? No, what did they do? Or or they were asking um, Mike Kafka uh, about the other team's defense. He says, we have to do, we have to take care of what we do. And, you know, earlier this week on the Zoom with with, um, Brian Dable on Monday, I had asked him, and and I brought up the point that I once heard um, Kobe Bryant say. Kobe said, who knows a little bit about winning?" Yeah, Kobe said, and being a fierce competitor, Kobe said preparation doesn't guarantee the victory, but preparation gives you the confidence to go out and do it. And I asked Brian on Monday if the preparation of the Giants going into that game had something to do with so much confidence, because I don't know if you noticed it, Paul. I had never seen the Giants all season long as confident as I saw them uh, going into that game. And after they, after the... the um, I've seen it for the last month, uh, to be honest. Well, well th- th- I've seen a lot of confidence, but I think it went to a different level, and I'll tell you when it did. After the Vikings went down and scored, and, and they marched down and scored on their first possession, you got the shot on TV in, in their first huddle. Daniels there... With his his offense, punching, bump, bump, fist pumping. Mm-hmm. Let's go, let's mm-hmm. go. I mean, it was like matter of fact. The let's count, take the counter job. punch. Yeah, and, and just what the coaches were yeah. saying, and then whether they did it again. Giants. Every time they punched. The Giants counterpunched and they did it with confidence. It was no, okay, let's we gotta do this now. I thought that was very, very telling.
6: I'll give you two quick points. Not only do I wholeheartedly agree with the Giants' mental approach because they gained a tremendous amount of psychological positivity out of that game at the link a couple of weeks ago. Their backups were in a dogfight against Philadelphia starters and basically energized this entire locker room. So, yes, the Giants have tremendous confidence that they can get into another dogfight with their starters now against Philly. And be that as it may, however it turns out, it turns out. But the Eagles are going to know at the end of the day, win or lose, they're they're going to be in a nasty brawl. That's number one. Number two, styles make fights. And to steal one of Philadelphia's favorite sons, smoking Joe Frazier, baby. Smoking Joe Frazier. That's what you got to do. You got to put Smoking Joe Frazier in there Pierce against Mike you, Tyson. Are, are you seeing this? All right, Smoking Joe with that powerful left hook. You got to get in there and you got to do Smoking Joe to the Eagles. And you got to throw that left hook. You got to bob. You got to weave. You got to throw that hook again. And you you got to make this Smoking Joe against Mike Tyson. You got to make it a heavyweight slugfest. That's the way the Giants can win this game.
0: That that was very i'm so glad we're on video now yes i i we i am too and i was just thinking about it because i had the pleasure of interviewing uh smoke and joe you know a few times i i would say this paul let smoke and joe rest in peace you have no resemblance this smoking joke. Don't have but the power either. As long as you throw those punches, as long as the Giants throw those punches this
3: week, buddy boy, that's all we need.
4: What's up? I'm John Wall. And
3: I'm CJ Toledana, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have ticked it all?
4: I said, I said OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You think need it? Ain't
3: <laughs> check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go down to Houston and check in with Emmett. Hello, Emmett. You're on with Russ and Paul and Pearson.
7: What's up, guys? How you doing, man? This is my second time getting through. It's an honor speaking to you guys for the very first time. I am hyped. I am excited. Um, honestly, I just got back. I'm a little late on the Vikings game, but I obviously want to talk about it. I won't go too deep into it, but I just got back from my four-day trip. I went to watch the game. It was insane. I premeditated this game. I knew it was going to happen. I bought myself some Vegas tickets after to celebrate, and I'm here. I got back home, and I'm just overly excited. I'm overly – I don't even know the words to put it, but I just know that – Full fact, we're going to get far. I don't want to jinx it because I'm a superstitious person, but I know we're going to get far. This team's confidence is on a different level. I was more nervous than them, and I wasn't even playing the game. It was loud in there. I was waiting. Not to, not to, not to think that uh, Dan Jones was going to mess up that game, because I, you know, I always walk in with a positive mindset before any game, but it was so loud in there. I was like, dude, this guy, there's an interception just waiting to happen because the, the crowd noise was just insane.
6: I will say this to your comment. There are teams this past weekend that got whacked and got knocked out of the playoffs. Tampa Bay, Seattle, although they put up a good fight for yeah, a half. Oh, yeah, no.
0: They, no. Got,
6: they got whacked in the second half. San Francisco steamed oh, them.
0: But in, in fairness to Seattle, you know, that San Francisco team, they were heavy favorites. They're that, outstanding. That, that, They're a that, great that, team. That was the one game that you and I said going into the weekend. That was the one game where we said. They should win. The other ones to me were like.
6: Well, t- Tampa got crushed by Dallas t- from the went, very get go. The point is to your suggestion, the Giants know they belong here. Okay? Mm-hmm. They are one of the mm-hmm. final eight teams in the National Football League playoffs, and they know they belong here, no matter what anybody has said about them all season long, or even within the mm-hmm. last month as they got into the playoffs at, at 9, 7, and 1. The Giants don't care. They know mm-hmm. they belong. And that is mm-hmm. incredibly important from a psychological perspective. Well, no, I mean, to me, you just see a different
0: attitude. Even the way that we see him walk around the building, you know, when you feel good about yourself, it allows you to go out and do your job better. It's like your everyday existence. It just improves and they all feel good about themselves. Uh, I, I, listen, I agree with Paul. The confidence level that we've seen for the last month just continue to to rise. It it let's just hope it didn't reach its apex uh, this past week because they're going to need more not, of that. Not, they're going to need more of that all. Saturday night.
7: Not at all. If anything, I think it's enhanced it. This gave them more of a of a of a, a, a confidence boost. If they didn't even have it, which obviously we obviously just spoke on, and they did. So I honestly believe I'm gonna call it right now: twenty-seven, twenty-four, Giants. All right. This week. This thank time. you. Th-
0: th- thank thank th-
7: you for the phone call, guys.
0: All right, Emmett. Thank you, Russ. If
6: you're not bold and assertive, and you don't go into this game saying we're going to take what we want, then you're not doing your job.
0: You know, oh no, I always say this about all teams, whether whether you're the best team in the league playing the worst team in the league, you know how players think, athletes think their job is well, we the coaches we still think we're going to win this game. that That's the attitude. If you go into a game thinking that you can't win,
6: no sense showing up. Yeah. No No sense if showing up. If we could, we, we might, might, we hope. No. No, 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 no. If you're doing that, then, then don't even bother taking the bus down to Philly. You can't do that. Now. You, you go down there saying, we're going to take
0: it. You, you know, let's put it this way. The confidence level has risen so much. Uh Understand this: If you've watched here all season, you know this. Call, call it—I I don't. At this point, I don't even want to say overachieving. I'm just going to say the the devil, the uh, dable, the Shane Dable uh, era is ahead of schedule. I mean, ahead of schedule. You know, when Paul and I were talking uh, the, the first week. We were saying eight, nine, nine, and eight, so it was nine, seven, and one. But just everybody seems to be hitting their stride, and you know, and it's a lesson to everybody about lack of patience. A lesson to everybody. You, you know, it takes time. You know, it's not just Daniel Jones growing. It's it's Dexter Lawrence. It's Julian Love. It's a lot of guys growing, and when you grow and you grow together, you gel together. It just doesn't happen overnight. You know, Paul, you've been through everything here. If you, if you go back, th- think about it. What was Bill Parcell's record his first year? 3-12-1. Mm-hmm. If this was, if social media was what it, it oh, back then, Bill oh. might, Ma- Ma- as it was, he almost didn't survive. I know. So he might not have survived. You know what Chuck Knoll, the Chuck Knoll, four Super Bowls, the Chuck No, you know what he was in his first year? One in 13. I mean, I mean, there's got to be. Uh, you mentioned Phil Sims. Phil Sims wasn't, they weren't putting him in Canton. Certainly not the first years. In fact, Bill Parcells sat him down and made Scott Bruner the starter. We, I mean, it just doesn't happen right away. But in this world today that we live in, if it doesn't happen right away, you're a bum. They want to run you out of town. I was talking about that this week on my podcast. No, fortunately, you know, and I said, be careful what you wish for because it might come true. Fortunately, for the Giants fans, the Giants didn't listen to the wishes. And now everybody is throwing roses at the Giants and and Daniel Jones. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go to Coach Marvin in Delaware. Coach. Coach.
5: How you doing, Russ? How up? you doing, Russ?
0: I'm good. You know how you me? doing? Are we here, yeah. How you doing? Marvin, Coach. It's all right. How
5: you doing, Paul? I'm in the... I'm in, yeah.
6: We got you, Coach Marvin. I think I'm the, the, the car, reception so on so your just, cell phone's not so good, but let, let's hopefully get your call. Go ahead. Uh,
5: yeah, I'm in the car. That's why you probably don't get me that good. I got but, you. Uh, I was just calling the... Uh, in a way, Russ, I'm... I'm Last week, I was with Paul. I got a game that I want, and I, we got it. We went in there and played the way we wanted to play and take that game. This week, I'm kind of I'm leaning back a little bit because we're playing a different beast this time. Yeah. And this is a beast. Um, yeah. Th- this is going to be a game. And like, pa- like Paul talking about that boxing analogy, that- that's what this has to turn into uh, for us to survive this game. We're going to have to put in a fight to, to win a game like this. And I, I am a little nervous about it. But this is a game that I'm, my guys are not telling them, oh, this is a game we're going to win. We're going in there. We already know we go going to games to win, so I don't have to say it. Um, the thing I would do is I would be thinking more, if we go by the game plan, we should be good coming out of this game. only thing they need to do is worry about that game plan, execute the game plan, and then the end result is going to be the end result because in the game plan, you can't, you can't account for penalties. You can't account for turnovers. So there's things that changes the game is how you adjust to those things in the game. So, um, this is, this is going to be a tough game. Um, uh, Paul, I heard Paul talking about the fans, fans should be careful. I live in Delaware right down the street from the stadium. Um, I work for the department of justice, um, and I may be there this week. Um, I'm going with um, Harold Carmichael's nephew. Wow.
6: There's yeah. so, a name from the past. Um, I may be.
5: Th- Remember week. when Beasley Reese flattened yeah, in the 81 yeah.
6: season? One of the great hits of all time in the Giants' secondary. Uh,
5: yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I'd like to give a shout-out to my girl. She's from Europe. It was her birthday last um, Saturday. So, um, Darda Elbiatash, she's from Europe, and she became a giant fan this weekend. Ball,
6: good stuff. I'm glad but to hear she, that. Uh... I, I, you know, Coach, see, <laughs> uh, you're th- coaching everybody up. Yeah. I, I love it. I, I, I'll tell you, you know, one one week you call us, you got
0: five <laughs> women in a luncheonette. This Ooh. week you're in the car. You're cooking with gas.
6: <laughs> I don't. You know, I don't uh, see retirement no, anytime no, no, in your future, worse. Coach. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, before you go, real fast, Coach, real fast, before you go, I'm going to ask you one quick question, and I want a quick answer from you. How do you feel about the psychology of this game, given that the Giants' backups gave Philly fits and forced the Eagles to play their starters all four quarters just two weeks ago?
5: Uh, I I think it's a good energizer, but it's hard to read, Paul, because, you know, sometimes – and I had those uh, – going into a game, and I know they don't have a star, a star player or they're not good enough. How are we going to react to that team when we go to play them? I don't know how they body language. They, they can look fine. But when the games start, weird things start happening. Penalties start happening. So I, I kind of get caught up in maybe – I got to look at it. Like maybe Philly didn't take us that serious. In that game, rather than the other way around. Well, even you, though I'm still confident going in the
0: game. Well, you know what I'm going um, to say so today.
5: I'm confident. That...
0: Go ahead, Marv. What's that? No, go ahead. Finish your your point.
5: Um, yeah. Real quick. Uh, so I'm not. That's a good question about Paul. But how you do it? It's hard to read people in this situation because. I can't read what Philly was thinking well, when they went into that game. Were they motivated? Well, they needed to win it, the, but were they motivated knowing that we didn't have our quarterback? Well,
0: the, the, they were motivated. Thanks for the, the, the call, Marv. All right, Coach. He, 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 here, here's what I think on that, and I understand your point on this. I think the effect of what the Giants did in that last game with the guys that they played had a monumental enormous effect on the giants it added to what we've been talking about the confidence Mm -hmm. it added to the confidence of the backups it added to the confidence of the starters because the starters and you were there on the sidelines the starters were all into it oh yeah they they were not like party expression half ass observers they were into Mm -hmm. it cheering their team on It, it it gave the entire organization confidence I don't think that did anything to... Uh, These, what, deflate Philly? No, I don't think it did anything to def- to def- to deflate Philly because here's, here's another factor in that. Sometimes you have to look at the situation. As much as the Giants wanted to win that game and as much as the Eagles were, quote-unquote, the superior team going mm-hmm. in, the Eagles needed that game, whether... You know whether anybody they were in the playoffs, but they needed that win to get that get to to get that number one seed. The Giants, and we know we don't like saying people play with house money, but in that game they could just go out and play football. What they were the sixth seed, so the the pressure in that game there was no pressure on the Giants in that game except individual pressure to go out and perform. The pressure was on Philly, so I really put quite frankly Paul I put both previous games out the window because listen and what was the game December 11th mm-hmm. when when it got slumped 48-22 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. was there Xavier
6: McDaniel was there There was no McKinney what, were, no, no Jackson Mc... and no Williams hello on the Giants defense you, you know enormous and just well that's why I don't look at that game as much of a factor
0: that so I, I, listen as, as Dable said as Brian Dable said this week this is the game they got to deal with. Yeah, they can look at all the film, which they're going to do, which the Eagles are going to Listen, Paul, you brought it up. three. T- people, teams have faced each other three times in a season. I'd like to know how many th- teams faced each other in pr- prior seasons three times within seven weeks.
6: Well, that's, that's the surprising <laughs> part is that it's been so concentrated.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> there ain't no surprises.
6: Yeah. Hey one one thing off of what you just said we'll go right back to the phones. I do think there's pressure on the Eagles. They were the top seed and they were going through this season with the possibility of even being undefeated well, for let, a while, let me ask right?
0: You, a question. you you say you think there's pressure on the Eagles now.
6: Much more. Oh, I won't dispute that. Much more. That. They're playing home and they're the number one seed.
0: I was just talking about the la- the la- last regular season game.
6: Oh, yeah. That's all. Well, in this, this- game coming up the pressure's all on them. The no, Giants uh, should be the ones playing loosey-goosey. I, I'll disagree. I'll disagree. You know what? When The, you the get link th- is not
0: going to be happy if they're falling behind in this game. I'm not saying no, but when when, when you get this far... You're in a locker room with me. You see these guys every day with me. Giants are loose, man. They're loose, but they want to win. Sure, they, they do. They feel the pressure of of advancing. I I don't that, that kind of I don't, house I money. Don't sense it. No,
6: no, no. I don't think it's house money, but I think that it, for them, it's they're fun. They're loose. They're confident. I think Philadelphia. Let's face it. If Philadelphia gets beaten by the Giants on Saturday night that is going to be disastrous for them well y- 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 because they're the number one seed they're home where they've beaten the giants every single time since 2013 they have won 15 out of the last 18 games against the giants and 24 out of 31 P- paul I- they, I- they, they they to them it's like egg in their face if they lose this game.
0: So basically, what you're saying is there's more pressure to be a favorite than to be the underdog
6: in this particular game. Nah, I, I totally think
0: I, there nah, is. I'll disagree with you. The, on that. To
6: them, the season's a
0: failure if they lose. The, 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 the team, the, the pressure. You get to this juncture. The Giants are two wins away from going to the Super Bowl. It's pressure on everybody. I, I I will disagree with that. Okay. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the number. Let's go down to uh, the Florida Keys. I don't think we've ever had uh, Peter here from the Florida, Key- P- uh, Florida Keys. Hey Pete, you're on with Russ and Paul. How you doing? Hey guys, good.
2: How you guys doing? Hi. Good. Wow, I'm I'm driving out from uh guys. This is
0: a really good show, by the
2: way. You guys are hitting a lot of really good points. One I didn't it. realize. I didn't realize in almost a decade we didn't win at the length. So that was a little disheartening to hear, although I'm used to kind of them losing out there. Um, one one question I wanted to pose to you guys and kind of get your opinion. I know you're going to try to squeeze others on the line. If everybody wants a piece of it. Um, in your opinions, what do you think that the X factor player is going to be on X on uh, offense and defense for the Giants for them to win this year? Uh, not this
0: year. This game. Uh, the, the X factor on each side of the ball. Yeah, the uh, Giants' X factor
2: on offense and on defense. Daniel
6: Perfectly. Bellinger on offense, Landon Collins on defense.
2: Oh, nice, nice, nice. I have a funny feeling that Julian Love is going to do something special. I feel like he's going to get a pick six or something. I actually dreamt about it last night. It was kind of, kind of. That's cool. I,
6: I,
0: I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to say the, I'm going to say the X factor. Listen, an obvious X factor is the quarterback, okay? An obvious X factor is the quarterback. So I kind of like Paul's, um, I kind of like Daniel uh, Bellinger. I was also maybe going to say Isaiah Hodgson's. And on defense, on defense, I'm going to go with the rookie, Kayvon Thibodeau.
2: There we go. Um, One last question before I cut out. Um, So Eagles have sacked... um, offenses seventy times this year. Right. Second all
6: time insane. to the Bears. Bears insane. hold the NFL record. Insane. They had seventy two sacks one year. Yes. Go so, ahead.
2: So so to combat that, I'm hoping that there's gonna be some type of screen packages built in. I wonder how uh you know how how the Giants are gonna handle that because that that's a scary statistic.
6: Everything you run the ball done. a lot and you use the short passing game as an extension of the run. What you don't do is have Daniel Jones throw the ball 35 times in this game. That would not be a good idea.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate your work. Thank you. You got it. All right, thank you, Peter. Uh, That's an interesting, uh, you know, when we talk about X factors, um, you know, which, which guy on each side of the ball, let me tell you, Offensive line has to come up really big,
6: <laughs> especially that front. Well, that's five guys. It's you, not just No, one. no, no, I'm,
0: I'm <laughs> just saying, you know, take your pick. But, yeah, I know. But that's – talk about the X factor because, I mean, as he just brought up, what would you say, 72
6: times? 70 times this year. They had 70 sacks. They got four guys with double digits. Yeah, well. And Hassan Redick is a very, very dangerous speed rusher off the edge. In fact, uh, in the last game uh, against Philly, believe it or not, it was the combination of Neal in the first half and Parrott in the second half that actually shut him out. Huh. It was the first time in nine weeks that Hassan Reddick did not get at least half a sack or more. How incredible is that? He had like sixteen. Or what do you have? Sixteen or eighteen for the season? I got it. I got it written down here in my notes. He had uh, he had sixteen, tied for second
3: in the NFL. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah.
0: yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go to Steve in Connecticut. Hello, Steve. You're on with Russ and Paul.
8: Hi. Hey, guys. What's going on? How are you? What's Good to up, talk Steve? to you. Um, I just had... Yeah, I had... um. Uh, A quick quick point on the receivers, and then I just want to talk about Daniel Jones for a second. Um, But um, I'm not saying for the future, and I'm not saying compared to other teams, but I think for Daniel Jones and this team, the situation that they have going in right now in the present with their receiving core, um, I think is a lot better than people think. And I think uh, for two reasons. Firstly, I think because people are still looking at a guy like Hodges or maybe Slayton or Bellinger based on, you know, where they were drafted and where they thought they were in the beginning of the year. I don't know if we would be thinking about them the same way if they were, say, like uh, a second-round pick. But the other reason is because I think we've seen with Jones is that what's most important to him is um, consistency with his receivers. You see, you know, he has a rapport with Slayton and he had with Shepard when he was healthy. And I think this is the first time um, in, in his career you know, even when they had guys like Tate and, uh, you know, Shepard would be out one week and Tate would be out one week and even guys who are quote-unquote more talented. But I think this is the first time that he's had the same consistent three three of guys and four, if you include the tight end, um, going, you know, eight, ten weeks in a row. Well, I think you can I, really see that build up.
0: Well, well, well Steve, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. Um, I, I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't think any coach – Really, any coach looks at so-and-so and and says, that guy's a fifth-round pick. That guy's this off a practice squad. What coaches look at, and Paul, you know this because you study. The tape. Coaches look at the tape. You you know what? Adam Thielen, Hmm. undrafted. They They don't look at him. When, when they went into the game last week, Brian Dable wasn't looking at him, and right. Kafka wasn't looking at him, uh, or, or, or and Wink as uh, un, uh, as uh, a guy undrafted. I, I don't think that Isaiah Hodgins. Let me. Everybody should understand this. I, I read some place. I forget where. Uh, I read some place. Well, look, they were able to get um, Isaiah Hodgins off a of scrap heap or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. Isaiah Hodgins came from the Buffalo Bills. And and he was two things about that. He was that. buried
6: behind a great receiving core.
0: Hello, on top of which he had been injured. You know, there was no room for him to play there. Right. It wasn't that he was bad. It wasn't that he was so so, it wasn't that he was men's and men's. There was no room. You know, Diggs and, and company, that's why he didn't play. They knew Shane, as soon as he was available, Shane and, and Dable gobbled him up. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting to see. What kind of talent he is. And I can say this, and I know Paul will can concur. Not only is he a great talent, he's a great kid. He is a good kid. He, he really, really, really is. Isaiah Kafka Hott- just called him a pro. Pro's pro. Yeah. Love, uh, they uh, love him. Isaiah Hodgins is the entire package. So the Giants got themselves... I don't know what's going on. He was a
6: sixth-round pick for Buffalo, by the way. Uh, He was a low choice, but but but, that's irrelevant. How you got here is irrelevant. I'm glad you used that word irrelevant because
0: if there's one thing, and I'll digress for a second because our mouths to God's ears, hopefully we're going to get a chance to face Mr. Irrelevant in the following. week. But when they call somebody Mr. Irrelevant like Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant because he's the last pick in the draft, you know what I say? You know who's irrelevant? All the knucklehead, all the so-called experts who didn't have him. Just like all the knucklehead experts who had guys like Thielen. You know who led the league in um, touchdowns, I think, the last two years? Also undrafted. Austin Eckler of the San Diego Chargers. Don't give me irrelevant. It's irrelevant for you to think anybody is irrelevant. These guys are football players.
6: I'll give the caller. There's one thing you said that Brian Baldinger has talked about, and that is Daniel Jones, at least right now, has three reliable guys that he trusts and can go to at any time. And because there has been consistency, he knows he's got Richie James on the field. He knows he's got Slayton on the field. He knows he has Hodgins on the field. The Giants haven't had a consistent trio to stay on the field over an extended period of time. It seems like forever. So, that much, the consistency of having those guys who he can count on is definitely a part of what's happened here. I would agree with that. I,
0: I would agree. Thank you for the call. Cool, yeah. Thank you for the call, cool, Steve. Um, you, you know, I, we mentioned something before about Dable going over to um, uh, Galladay. Um, how about Dable to show you what kind of guy character he's built on that team? I mean, nobody felt worse than Darius Slayton when he dropped that ball. Yeah. I mean, including all of us. and and There was nothing to say. And you could see what Darius was doing to himself. And there was the coach going up to him, grabbing him by the shoulders. Forget about it. Let's go.
6: You want to know part of the difference between this team and some of the Giants teams of the past? Evan Ingram dropped the ball in a very similar situation in Philadelphia, and the Giants lost the game because they could not hold on. This time in Minnesota, they dropped the ball in a very similar situation. And the defense, the defense, Wink's defense, and those guys stepped up and said, not this time.
0: Yep. Which, by the way, to digress for one second, I was pretty happy for um, Evan Ingram in his game this past
6: week. Evan Ingram had a really nice year for Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, yes, he Good did. for him. Good for him. Good dude. He, he's made himself, really good he's dude. made
0: himself more money. Good for him. I mean, you know what? When you talk about quality guys in a locker room, Evan Ingram is mm-hmm. right up there at no the doubt. top of the class. Let's go to Roxbury and check in with Wilson. Hello, Wilson. You're on with Russ and
5: Paul.
9: Hey, guys. How are you? Hi. Hey, um, hey, listen. I got one thing on the game and one thing on uh, people going to Philadelphia. On the game, I don't put any solace and any weight <clears throat> on what happened at the Meadowlands because, listen, everything that couldn't go wrong went wrong. Uh, the defensive back was a shell of what it is now. And, uh, and it came to a point where Brian Davis said, you know what, let's just lose this battle because we have a war to win. And the Giants are its a completely different team. So I don't put any weight on any of that stuff. You know what I mean?
6: It is and, amazing uh, at how everything has changed exactly. since that time okay. for the Giants, yep. primarily because of their improved health. Of course, of course, of
9: course. That's what I'm saying. But that's what I was saying, mm-hmm. guys. And uh, and listen. And and going over there. Listen, about nine years ago, uh, two of my buddies and myself, we went there. And uh, you, you, Paul. Listen, uh, at the parking lot, man. Uh, listen, I had to take a bat out of my truck. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll, well, yeah. Listen, and I, I, Paul, I don't, you know, I I don't care. You listen, I, I'll bash your head with, with a bat. All well, right, like,
0: we'll, oh, Wilson, thanks for the call, bud. But you know what? We don't want to get. But Paul just offered earlier, and I wouldn't say just in Philly. He say "Just be careful when, when right. You go, be smart when you go into these games. Uh, people, the intensity gets re- revved up,
6: especially a night game. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, which means people were in the park a lot, mm-hmm. people were drinking all day. That That's when things get hairy. So just be careful. I, I mean, we don't want to talk about going into a car and taking out a bat and bashing somebody's Whoa, head. Whoa, like, yeah, don't, not...
6: don't go there. No. Don't go there. Uh, that, just be smart, use your head, and you know what? Enjoy, enjoy, Just enjoy the game. That's it. Let's go down to Texas and check in with Lou. How you
0: doing, Lou? You're on with Russ and Paul. What's up? Hey, guys, how's it going today? Where in Texas are you? Uh, I'm in uh, the Dallas-Fort uh, Worth Metroplex, about
1: 35 miles from Dallas, about 20 miles from Fort Worth. Boy,
6: wouldn't you love the Giants and Cowboys to advance? <laughs> oh, gosh, I
1: can't, I, can't, I can't stand it, but okay. But let's, <laughs> let's, 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 talk, let's talk some defense. So I want to first say, and I'm prepping this statement as a good thing, that was not a Wink-Martindale typical defense on Sunday. That's a good thing. He's learning. He realized, hey, I can't go all out. They got this incredible receiver. We need to contain. Well, that's they contain that, that, like, that's what you call
0: like, Lou. That's what you call game
6: planning adjustments, right? Yeah, and
1: that's that's what I think is amazing. Now, my question being: this week, do you see him going back to his more aggressive style with hurts? You know, with Jalen hurts possibly being hurt, and you want to get him on the ground as much as possible.
6: Well, I think you have two problems with doing that. Number one, if you don't get there, you will pay a big price. So you better make sure that if you're dialing up some pressure packages, that it's in the right spot with the right guys out of the right formation because you've got to get home. You want to hit Hurts as hard and as early and as often as you possibly can because you want to test him. You want to see how much pain he's going to be able to deal with coming off of the shoulder injury. That's true. There's nothing nasty about that. That's just a game of football. No, you're right. And, Lou, yep. I,
0: I don't know about you. And you know what, Paul? You and I haven't discussed it. Uh, we've seen a lot of bad calls. And this is, yep. not, this is not my giant's heart talking. That mm-hmm. roughing the passer call on Dexter Manley late in that game was absolutely
6: absurd. I thought it was, yeah. you know, well, it's, it's, Lawrence Dexter Lawrence. You said I got handle. You. Oh, oh my God, God. boy, I'm the, I'm really. You're you're one's. really old. Yeah, I, I thought no, that was a nickname. Yeah, yeah for him. Only,
0: no. The,
1: the only question was. It was the only re- question was he did he did briefly hit him oh, oh, in yeah, okay, he, he, you know the head. Oh you know what?
0: Listen, thank you for the call, but I mean that was like, like a graze. It, yeah. it, it was absurd. My apology, but that call on Dexter Lawrence was absurd. Yeah. It, it was absolutely, and you know, kudos to Dexter. For handling himself, because that's a spot where you could have blown a gasket oh, and jumped in. Some Wink said back.
6: he thought that the penalty flag made Lawrence play harder on the next. Play. I I happen
0: to agree, so,
6: but but that that's what really, you know, what kind of young pro.
0: He has turned into, but I'll tell you something. Some of these roughing the passer calls, yeah, well, it, it, it needs. They need to be reviewed. Some of them because it's absurd.
6: Look, in reference to the to the caller's question about how do you what do you do? All right, here's the good news. Dory Jackson only missed two snaps last week, after missing seven games because of a knee injury, and he played extremely well. So, because the Eagles have basically two number one, elite receivers, guys and Smith. And obviously Brown, who can just make big plays at any time. Right. You could probably say, you know what, Adore? I don't know which one he's gonna get. Okay. My guess is he probably takes AJ Brown. And you say, okay, you know what? Do what you can to limit him as much as possible. And you worry about more of the bracketing or the double teaming on Smith. That would I-, I would probably bracket Smith. I don't think I'd double him so much as I'd bracket him. And I think you could probably see a lot of that during the course of the game. But in terms of, of, of Hurts, uh, why I mentioned Collins before, I think you could see some Collins spying Jalen Hurts in this game. I, 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 yeah, I'd agree with that. I would, I would spot him as a spy. But, and that could, could inhibit him taking off so much. Because when, whenever Jalen Hurts takes off with the ball, punish him. All right. Time's
0: running out here. I gave my pick of thirty twenty seven Giants. <laughs> you were close last week. You had a thirty four twenty four. Yeah, but 31. I'm not. I'm
6: not ready to pick this game yet. Come on,
0: Wednesday. this is the last time you and I are together until I know. next week. Well, but we'll, let, we'll
6: let, talk. Let, we'll talk in no, the lunchroom all week. Let,
0: don't don't chip the fans. Give give me something
6: here. Oh, as of this morning, <laughs> I had twenty seven twenty three Eagles. And then I spoke to some folks, um, retired folks who have been in this business a long time, and they kind of convinced me that perhaps the Giants win this game
9: 24-23. Ooh,
6: so that's what you're going with. Uh, I'm waffling. I'm probably going to flip-flop at least three or four times in the next three well, days. Well,
0: flip-flop, don't do any flip-flopping now. Give us a pick <laughs> right out there. <laughs> I,
6: th- I think the Eagles probably survive.
0: You heard it here. He's got the Eagles surviving. I got the Giants moving on by the final score of 30 to 27. Either way, folks, we're going to be here next Wednesday and together. And my gut feeling is next Wednesday, it ain't going to be a wrap-up for Russ and Paul. It's going to be a preview of the NFC Championship I hope so,
6: Russ. I hope so.
0: But until then, it is I, Russ Salzberg, for... My good buddy, Paul DeTino, the terrific man at the controls, Pearson Butler, and of course, you, the fans out there. It's been a great day. It's been a fun season. We want it to continue. Always remember the number to call, 201-939-4513. Get yourselves revved up for Saturday night. Enjoy the playoff game, and we will see you back here next week. Have a good one, folks.
5: This episode brought to you by 20th Century
6: Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes director west ball breathes new life into the epic franchise as a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike kingdom of the planet of the apes enter the kingdom in imax on may 10th and theaters everywhere get tickets now awards watch says liam neeson is at his best don't miss in the land of saints and sinners